Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we'll cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I'm Jasmine. Good morning, good evening once again. It's been quite a while. Been quite a while, hasn't it, Katrina? It has been a while. I, I'm very sorry. I take full responsibility. <laughs> no, but it's, it's because your hectic. episodes are actual quality, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've just... Um, well, my work just reopened again. Hmm. And um, I've just just finished all of my um, university exams. Woohoo! So no more crazy Latin exams. Very stressful few weeks. Yeah, I've just not not had the mental capacity or time to um to write to anything and for that I am so sorry. Don't but we are back sorry. now and we have time to do it all. So please forgive us um and thank you for sticking around if you did. Don't be sorry. I think I think people understand. I think people do understand. Mm-hmm. I mean everyone I feel like in this in this day and age everyone's a lot more understanding of like various like mental health or like emotional slight incapacitations you know like because i think everyone is at that point where we're like you know what you know what i was there last month it's Mm. fine take a day off like i feel like at work right now at least i think everyone takes at least one sick day a month at least one even if you're not sick you may as well just take a sick day because you're gonna get paid for it anyway and no one really wants to be here anymore so it's fine yeah that's true and the thing with the podcast is that like Unfortunately, it's not our our actual income, and we have to make actual money and do actual things in real life. Um, we have to we have to prioritize other things sometimes, which is very sad. Oh, yes, it's yeah. fine. I mean, you know, but you know, if if anyone knows anyone who's looking to sign up to English girls who like to talk about scary shit to actually pay them to do this kind of stuff, then that would be cool as yes, well. Yes, But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. That would be lovely. Or you could all um, go to our Patreon. Well, yes, there is also always the Patreon. Yeah. Speaking of which, before we begin, we would just like to say a massive thank you to our newest patron, Melissa Zillhart. Thank, thank you, you Melissa. So much. Thank you very much. This is very late. She she became a patron like three weeks ago, but um, <laughs> I've not had the chance to say thank you. Sorry, girl. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Um, we will be posting more stuff on the Patreon um, in the coming uh, days. Um, I I did write something up for that. Oh, actually, we can even talk about our new structure um, going ahead. So... In order to kind of uh, switch things up week to week, we're going to start doing alternating weeks uh, for the main podcast. And we'll continue posting on the Patreon things like the outtakes, maybe some other notes um, on each episode. Even though my notes are not nearly as interesting to read as Katrina's, Mm -hmm. you can have a look at them anyway and you can see all of my um, comments to myself because I have a lot of them. Um, But yes, thank you very much for joining the Patreon. We will do our best to make you proud and to keep your money. So thank you very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be be doing um, Patreon mini episodes, but we also just want to yep. 
you know, put some more like short fun things, like Jasmine playing Resident Evil <laughs> to make you laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, um, I'm I'm not great at um at games until I've been through them a couple times. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. But the first yeah. playthrough is always fucking frightful. Um, and I did actually record my entire first session on Resident Evil Eight. Sorry, <clears throat> Village, but um. Yeah, the, the whole thing. I think it took me a good hour and a half just to get into the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think may, maybe I'll just post clips from that um, if I find them funny. Yes. But yes, if, if, if there's anything like that which you want to see us do or play or react to, let us know. Or if you want, like, want us to watch anything you find funny, um, please, no two girls, one cup. We've all seen that. It's very, very 2008. Okay. None of that kind of weird shit. We only like spooky weird shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even then, act with caution. But yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, so to like reiterate what Jasmine said, it's going to be I read out an episode one week and then Jasmine does an episode the next week. And um, yes. that's just Jasmine being very kind and like giving me some time to, to chill. Seven. No, but also, also, I always feel terrible that all I have to do every week is really just sit here and make crude jokes and comments, mm-hmm. which she then cuts out of the episode anyway because they're too rude. And then Katty has no, to work just... for like a week to write up no. a whole episode. It's just most of the time you you start talking while I'm in like the middle of a sentence. I'm like, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, it's okay. I set up a whole okay. vibe, and then you make like. <laughs> one comment listen and it's normally I, I like, feel like that's so inappropriate listen mm. listen it's fine it's fine i realize that my my idea of funny is not always other people's <laughs> idea of funny so i do rely on you to kind of um temper that and, <laughs> and omit some things for the good of the public that's how mm. i see it okay <laughs> no, it's for the good of us to not be not be cancelled <laughs> Uh, but we do post those on the Patreon, though. Yeah, a lot of what Jasmine says is in the outtakes. Because <laughs> sometimes it just goes, like, off the rails. And we oh, we both, um, we both, you know, it descends we into madness. We have some fun times. Yeah. Shall we, shall we get to it, then, my dear? Yes. So, before we start properly... I would just like to, one, apologise if I sound very stuffy because um, nature is currently trying to kill me and it is very hot in the UK at the moment. It is very hot. The pollen count is very high. I have taken many a Benadryl (laughs) and I'm waiting for them to kick in. Many a Benadryl. So I apologise about that. And the second thing I apologise for is that... This episode has a lot of um, Swedish Scandinavian words, um, and if my pronunciation is off, then I apologise greatly. But I have tried my best to to look up how to pronounce these words. Um, but yes, I feel like it will be completely fine because we did try and teach ourselves Swedish that one <laughs> that one summer. We did. Well, we learned four phrases. We learned four phrases, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Can you remember any of them, Jasmine? I remember, I remember that we learned "Yagal um, Skade," which is "I love you." Mm. Oh wait, 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 wait! I remember one more. 
which means we have just shattered the blue cupboard, which apparently is like a Swedish... Swedish. Oh my god, I've forgotten about <laughs> like, that. It means like, um, like, like, well, now you're fucked up. Like, now you put your foot in yeah. it. Nuhar alt du huizet i de blåskapet. Now we, we've shit in the blue cupboard. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, pretty impressive stuff. Um, it is. How the fuck did you remember that? Because <laughs> it's seared into my brain, Katrina. Mm. It's seared in there, along with the exact high schools that all the guys from MCI went to and um, Avril Lavigne's birthplace and time. That's what lives in my brain. Not maths, not anything to do with my job, but facts about bands and a bit of shitty Swedish. That's so impressive. And with that, with that, we can begin today's episode. We can. So for this week's episode, we are covering a legend which comes from Scandinavia, and it is about a creature called the Hulda. So my sources for this were Wikipedia, mythicalcreaturesguide.com, folklorethursday.com, amino apps, legendsofthenorth.blogspot.com, and a video by Linda Erskine on YouTube, which was very helpful for like pronunciation. So let's get started. Let's do it. From the time of the earliest human society onwards, we have always been fearful of the unknown, and, in particular, wary of venturing too deep into the forest alone. A place of great beauty and serenity, it is also full of unpredictable dangers and peril around every turn. A sudden change in the weather a navigational mistake, or accidental injury, could all cause someone to get lost or stranded, which, in such harsh, unforgiving conditions, would most likely result in death. Perhaps the most frightening aspect of the forest, however, has always been the fear of encountering any one of the sinister creatures which may be lurking within whether that be predators such as bears or wolves, or something else entirely. In Scandinavia, where forests cover vast areas of land, stories of otherworldly woodland entities and spirits have always been a part of popular folklore and traditions. Even now, with untouched wilderness making up more than 30% of the total area of Norway, 70% of Sweden, and 75% of Finland, it is no surprise that belief in supernatural forest creatures was particularly prevalent, and indeed still is, in some more rural communities. One such entity, which can be found in local folklore throughout Scandinavia, is the Hulda, a seductive forest spirit. Although the Hulda may seem less menacing than some other entities which are said to inhabit the forest, you would definitely be a fool to underestimate or trifle with them. Also known as the Huldra in Norway, the Skogsro in Sweden, and the Ulda among the native Sami people, the Hulda derives its name from the Old Norse word Hulda, meaning hidden. 
While local folklore and legends about the creature vary throughout Scandinavia, the Hulda is generally depicted as an extremely beautiful woman whom humans, particularly young men, may stumble across in the forest. In some versions of the legend, the entities are only ever female, while in others, male Hulda do exist, called Hundakal in Norwegian folklore, and may also be considered very attractive. Most often, however, if males even are mentioned, they are instead depicted in stark contrast to their gorgeous, seductive female counterparts. That is, as grotesque, hideous creatures with long, pointed noses, which perhaps explains why female Hulda usually seems so intent on seducing handsome human men in local legends. The Hulda is one of several keeper or warden spirits that exist in Scandinavian folklore, with each different type of spirit watching over a specific location or sphere of nature, such as the forest, lakes, the mountains, or the sea. These wardens are known as Rö in Swedish, which is why the Hulda is called Skuggsrö, because it is the Rö of the Skugg, the forest and they are said to have power over the forces of nature and animals that exist within their domain. As such, many tales warn humans to be respectful of Rho, and cultivate good relationships with them, lest the affronted, spiteful entities turn nature against them. So, as previously mentioned, the Hulda is most often described as an extremely beautiful, alluring young woman, usually with long golden hair and wearing a crown made of flowers. However, there is always some sort of unnatural physical feature which differentiates the Hulda from a normal human being. This most commonly takes the form of a cow, fox or horse tail, hooves instead of feet, or a back which resembles a hollowed-out rotten tree trunk. What? All of which she keeps hidden beneath her dress. I bet she does, goddamn. Being so attractive, the Hulda is said to use her feminine charms to seduce the men she comes across in the forest, sometimes luring them to her through her lovely singing voice or harp playing. So it's basically like a siren, but not in the sea. Yeah. And with a tail. In general, there are two groups who tend to encounter the holder most often, those being charcoal burners and hunters. In other words, men who are alone in the forest for long periods of time. The exact reason as to why the holder supposedly seduces men seems to vary greatly between different legends. The first apparent reason is so that she can gain power and control over the man she seduces, tormenting him with feelings of constant desire for her and forcing him to be at her beck and call whenever she wishes. If the man tries to escape or free himself from her enchantment, the holder might use her powers to ruin him, driving him crazy or making it so that he dies a sudden mysterious death. Ooh, that sounds like a really useful power. 
A second supposed reason is that it is her way of protecting the forest and animals from humanity. Using her powers to enchant men so that they become lost in the woods, forcing them to wander around aimlessly until they die of fatigue. This might also help explain why the Hulder seems to target forest workers, such as charcoal burners and hunters, as their jobs damaged or outright destroyed part of nature. Yet another potential reason for the Hulder's seductive ways is that, if she is able to marry a human man in a church, her tail will fall off and she herself will become human. Wow. So the final potential motive that the Hulda has for seducing men, and the one I probably support the most, is simply that she just wants to have a fleeting sexual encounter with a rugged, lonely, attractive forest worker. <laughs> Good for you, honey. When it comes to sexual activities, the Hulda is generally the one to initiate them and play the active role, seducing her target using any means available which includes just being incredibly straightforward by asking for sex and pulling up her skirt to flash her hoo-ha. Oh goodness me, <laughs> I thought you were going to say her hoo <laughs> as, if, as if she was wearing like a long, kosher skirt that hid her, you know, what's it called? Hooven feet. <laughs> and then she would flash her ankle, yeah. but just flash just like the tip no, of her hoof. Just but apparently no, just in, the um, in like... 17th century Scandinavia, just women didn't wear underwear at all. So, um, oh, so yeah, just I mean, just free, fr free love, guys. <laughs> free love. Most often, the erotic encounters take place in the charcoal kilns or by a campfire in a secluded part of the woods. According to many folk legends, if a man is approached by the holder and agrees to have sex with her, he is effectively rewarded later on. Ooh, it's a mitzvah. As a way of thanking a hunter, for example, she might let him shoot a deer, elk or bear the next morning, bring him general good luck while hunting, or blow on his rifle barrel so that it never misses. As for a charcoal burner, she might watch his kiln while he rested, keeping him safe by waking him if a fire began. Another tactic the Hulder uses, which we absolutely don't support because it is super manipulative and actually quite rapey, <laughs> is that she can transform herself into a man's wife or fiancé in order to trick him into having intercourse with her. Oh no! The church and many Scandinavian governments actually felt so threatened by the thought of humans having relations with supernatural beings that some countries even enacted laws against it. Men and women accused of having sexual relations with various Roe, the nature spirits, appeared several times in judicial records from the 16 and 1700s, and trial records show that people could be and indeed actually were, severely punished for this crime. For example, in 1685, in Vastmanland County, Sweden, a man named Mats was convicted for mixing with a Hulda, and again, 
1691, a man was sentenced to death in Vaterskotland for the same reason. In much the same way as the Hulda could reward you and bring you good luck if you get on her good side, she might also punish you and bring you bad luck if you piss her off. She is said to be very proud and easily offended. If her advances are rudely rejected and she becomes angry, she allegedly turns into an ugly old hag and will do everything within her power to make the man who insulted her suffer. This might range from her making it so that he will never be able to successfully hunt or fish in the forest again, to much harsher punishments, resulting in injury, illness or even death. Despite being so proud, the Hulda can graciously accept a polite rejection, and, in general, the way she reacts to you is based on how you treat her. Another thing the Hulda folk are commonly associated with, which is actually very similar to the folklore surrounding fairies, is that they are said to snatch away humans, particularly beautiful or handsome, good Christian folk. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> These abducted people may range in age from infants to young men and women, and even the elderly, depending on the Hulda's plan. This might be as simple as the holder wishing to secure an attractive human man as her husband, or they may choose to snatch a young child from their crib at night and leave behind one of their own in its place, a so-called changeling. There are a number of ways to protect oneself against a holder, which can also help you avoid being snatched away if you happen to encounter one. These include putting steel or garlic in your pocket before you go into the forest, as they are said to repel various supernatural beings. And, if you do end up meeting a holder, you can chase her away by spitting or shouting the names of God and Jesus at her. <laughs> Imagine doing that as some poor pretty lady in the woods. <laughs> 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 Satan! <laughs> The herbs Daphne and Valerian root are also said to break her enchantment and power over you. Unfortunately, if you suspect your child has been abducted by a Hulda and replaced with a changeling, the supposed method for getting your real child back is pretty horrifying. According to the Norwegian folktale, the King of Ekberg, the long-established way of ridding oneself of a changeling was to whip it for three consecutive Thursday evenings on top of the rubbish heap, or to pinch its nose with glowing fire tongs. Basically, just straight-up child abuse. <laughs> Apparently, they would also, like, believe that a child was a changeling if it got, like, an actual disease. Like, if it got rickets, they thought it was a changeling. Bendy legs must be a demon. Yeah, like, like, it's really not not good. (laughs) As for the potential origin of the Hulda, 
It is probably no surprise that many scholars have interpreted these legends as mere erotic fantasies of the lonely men who were working alone in the forest for extended periods of time. The fact that the holder is a very sensual, sexual being at a time when women were very repressed may have also played a part in this erotic fantasy, as the idea of a sexually assertive and confident woman would have been incredibly taboo, but probably very exciting for some men. As it would have been almost unthinkable at the time for an actual human woman to behave in such a way, ascribing this sexual assertiveness to a human-like supernatural being, who is instead free of society's repressive norms, makes a lot of sense. In the same vein, however, the holder's sexuality is frequently portrayed as something quite sinister or even evil, almost a power in itself that is used to enchant and control men in order to bring about their ruin which still demonstrates how female sexuality was condemned and demonised within society. It is also possible to interpret the Hulder as a personification of the forest itself, capturing the beauty, power, and even the danger of its wild nature. As such, the general moral of the story of the Hulder is pretty simple. Humans should treat her with kindness and respect, in exactly the same way as all aspects of nature should be treated, and in doing so, they might find that nature, and even the holder herself, will treat them with kindness and respect in return. Beautiful. Oh, that Save was really the planet. Nice one. Don't cut that down trees. I like that. I like the holder. So it's basically I like, I like it. it's like a siren, but on land. And it's also just wanting basic human rights, mm. it would seem. They want to be respected like anyone else, even though they make their own decisions, which you might not agree with for your personal reasons, but they still expect you to like have some respect for that. And I yeah. I dig it. I quite like these yeah. bitches. Yeah, I know. I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. There was so much. Where did you Where did you learn about these? I have no idea. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just like compile lists of things that I hear about, and then I go back to it, and I can't remember where it's from. And then um, <laughs> I just do research. I was actually really worried with this one that I wouldn't be able to write very much because there were so few sources about it. But then actually, I ended up having to to cut loads of random bits. Slim it down. Yeah. Oh, no, it was still it was three really pages. Good. But yes, damn. Yeah. Well, well, good for them. The original tree spirit bad bitches. <laughs> yeah, I did really like this. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really taken aback by the idea of them having like a piece of rotting tree in their back. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like their sort nasty. of torso, like Spine. concave. <clears throat> is that the right word, concave? Concave is, yes, hollow. Yeah. And convex is protruding. Yeah. Look at us with science and maths and shit. So clever. Not as clever as me when I speak Swedish. No. But still rather not. clever. That, by the way, that was some excellent Swedish. I believe I believe you were flawless in my extensive you, experience in speaking <laughs> Swedish. 
Listen. Oh, thank you. I'm a professional. You As are. a professional Swede, um, well done. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I have problems. You do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. So thank you so much for listening and we hope to have you back for next week's episode. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygalspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at spookygalspod and on Instagram at spookygalspodcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygirls and from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye-bye.